0: I think, you know, you can make a good argument for, you know, writing the great American novel or, you know, curing cancer or doing, you know, great works in terms of your career. And you can also look back and say, hey, I was, you know, I was a really good person. My family loved me. I was always there for the people uh, who, who were around me. And I feel like I led a full life in that regard. And I don't, you know, it's something I struggle with because sometimes you have to make, choices between those two things you know if you devote yourself to your career you can get to a point where you're put prioritizing that against you know prioritizing that over other things that are important to you in your life including your family
1: Dump truck. Uh, it's great to be putting these up again, and we're trying something a little bit different this time. Uh, Early this week, Alex put up a interview with the Ultimate Warrior, which he insisted on not putting up uh, originally, and then I was insistent that he do it, and it's pretty amazing. So if you haven't checked it out, uh, make sure you go to the site uh, and, and give it a look or give it a listen. Uh, in any case. Uh, I'm happy to present my interview with Kent Hudson, who is a designer that used to work in AAA. He worked on Bioshock 2, Deus Ex, Deus Ex Invisible War, Thief: Deadly Shadows, and an unannounced title at LucasArts, in addition to consulting on a number of projects. He's a systems designer by trade, and he's working on a very quiet, contemplative, reflective game called The Novelist as his first independent venture uh, since having leaving uh, LucasArts. We had a chance to talk about the game uh, earlier this month, and in addition to writing a story about the game, based on the interview and my thoughts on having played the game and thought about the game, I'm presenting the full conversation we had uh, right next to it. Uh, Different than the way I have handled these in the past, the article's going up and the interview's going up at the same time. Uh, maybe that's too much. Maybe that's just right. Maybe it's too little. Somehow, I don't know how that's possible. But in any case, um, we're always experimenting here over at the dump truck. And so I'm curious to hear your thoughts, how people like this, if it's a superior way uh, of handling stories like this. Um, in any case, uh, here's my interview with Ken Hudson.
0: Well, uh, yeah, so my name is Kent Hudson, and I'm developing a game called The Novelist. And The Novelist is an indie game that focuses on uh, a writer who's trying to figure out how to balance his career and and his goals and aspirations with also being a good family man. And so it's really a game about that uh, career versus family. I don't want to call it a struggle, but just the question of what's more important between the two.
1: Because when I had a chance to play the game, it didn't necessarily seem to be a game about conflict, even though there are certainly... Conflicts uh, in terms of you know sort of balancing people's lives and and what's important and what's not important and the choices you make and the information you find, but it's you know it's not a game about traditional conflict.
0: No, not not at all. I mean, there's no violence. You can't really do anything even to scare the family or anything else like that. Um, it. I'm trying to think of. I, I don't. Conflict might be the wrong word, but there's definitely uh, consequences to the choices. So. Um, at Indie Press Day, I was only showing one chapter of the game, so that was really more focused on showing people what the moment-to-moment gameplay was like. But uh, the point of the game is that it's uh, it's chapter-based, so you're continually presented with different uh, choices for in the family's life that all have three different outcomes, and they and they all break down. Um, each chapter will have something that helps his career, or helps his marriage, or helps him be a better father. Um, And it, for example, if you choose your career in one chapter, then in the next chapter, your marriage will be a little bit worse and your kid will be a little bit more mad at you. Um, And so the relationships continue to evolve. Um, So everything, you know, everything you choice, everything you choose has a positive benefit and then a negative benefit. So you're trying to keep all this in balance. So um, the game really starts to, you know, get, get interesting over the course of a playthrough because you start to shape those relationships. And so that's, I guess, where the Again, not the conflict, but the um, ramifications of your choices start to come in.
1: So, why don't we back up just a, a little bit and explain exactly kind of how the the mechanics of the game work? Because you're sure. you're you're a ghost in this game.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. So, so it's a it's a it's a first person game, and you play um, a ghost and it's a stealth game so you're always trying to stay out of sight it's not about scaring the family and in fact if you the only way you can really lose the game which only means you know restarting your checkpoint it's not terribly punishing but the only way you lose the game is by getting spotted uh... and it's very traditional stealth so if you've played you know splinter cell or you know deus ex or any games like that or thief you'll be familiar with it it's just line of sight based if they spot you a little bit they'll they'll think they've seen something funny in the room and they'll uh... go investigate and do a little search and and stuff like that so that's all pretty familiar to people Um, So you're trying to stay out of sight while you explore the house and start to learn about each situation. So when a chapter starts, you don't know what the chapter is, you don't know what decision the family's uh, having to make, you don't know what scenario they find themselves in. So you start sneaking around the house and you can read, um, you know, you're sort of discovering letters that they've written to other characters. You can find books laying around the house, you can uh, see what the kid is drawing. He's young, so he you know, isn't writing letters to his friends. He's, he's drawing um, to express his emotions. And then you can also sneak up behind characters um, in, in a you know, little, I guess it's gameplay that's a lot like a backstab you know, in a Dishonored or splinter <laughs> cell, or whatever, except for instead of murdering them, you actually uh, sneak up behind them and if you get close enough to touch them behind them, you actually enter their memory. And so when you go into your memory, you're actually, uh, the, the game pauses, the other characters disappear, and you um, have to search the house for one of their memories, which is generally represented as um, one of them, the the character whose memory you're in, in the house somewhere. And it's usually writing in their diary, um, which is a way that you can get more of their inner thoughts, as opposed to, you know, if, if, you're, if you're in a conflict, um, one of the things I'm trying to play with is you know imagine there's something that's bothering you at work or something and if you were to write an email to a friend you would present it in one way um... but if you were writing in your diary or your journal and uh... you know for an audience of only yourself then you would present it in a different way and so i'm trying to play a little bit with that public versus private perception so that's the the role that memories take in the game is that they give you a different insight uh... into what the character really thinks about something so you might see you know, this is, this is my public face of how I deal with this issue. And then you also might see their sort of innermost thoughts and, and uh, you know, insecurities and those kind of things. So that's, um, that's the role memory is playing in the game, basically. So it's kind of a, a balancing act between discovering stuff in the house, um, sneaking up behind characters to get in their memory, uh, seeing what the kid's up to, observing them in their life. You can also read their thoughts as they're walking around the house. Um, so you can actually see just sort of point blank what's on their mind. Um, so you're kind of using all these different information Channels to assemble uh, what each character thinks about the situation, and then as the chapter comes to an end, um, you can basically make a decision about which way uh, the family should go. So, and, and that's and that's that sort of choice between career, marriage, and parenthood.
1: So, so why a ghost?
0: Um, there's actually a lot of reasons for that. Um, one of them, I guess, the most pragmatic is that. I've worked on first-person games and games with stealth components uh, for my whole career, and so it's something that's very comfortable to me that I know I can execute on. Because um, when you're making an indie game, there's so much, uh, there's so much risk, and there's so much, there's so many unknowns, and there's so many things that could go wrong. That you know, I tried to pick something where, since I'm trying some pretty weird stuff narratively. Um, I wanted to make sure there's a big chunk of the game that I was confident in that I knew I could make you know I didn't want to say I'm gonna try all this weird narrative stuff with this weird you know scenario setup and then also try to make my first 2d platformer or whatever um, that, that, you know that, that would just be like a recipe for a disaster um, and then there's also the fact that it's stealthy kind of gives it a voyeuristic and an observational feel that sort of made sense to me where I don't you know, it'd be a very different game if you were playing one of the family members, because um, then you're talking about conversation trees and and you know a lot of that RPG-ish type interaction stuff. And I really kind of wanted it to feel like, you know, you're almost like this muse character, like this life muse that was actually behind the scenes. They never knew you were there, so it never turned into, um, never turned into a game where you're taking direct control or they're even aware of why these things are happening. You're, you're sort of uh, pulling the strings in the background so that to them, they just think they're making these decisions and this is how life goes. And and you're kind of like standing back, kind of feeling satisfied and seeing the results of your actions. Um,
1: So it seems like this is kind of like a fusion of uh, what you have historical uh, sort of experience with plus uh, sort of pragmatically what you wanted to accomplish narratively in the game as like, all right, here are the here, here's a way I can fuse these together H- how is some practical way that I can apply that narratively and, and a ghost kind of allows you to kind of thread the needle a bit and, and accomplish those all at once. Totally. 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 And it's it sounds like with the sort of the decisions that you get to participate in there is no, you know, games have a tendency to have uh, you know, very binary good bad and maybe there's a mixture of gray area stuff but the games are pretty bad at that stuff um this you know without going too much into sort of the whole arc is it does seem like you're purposely avoiding there necessarily being good or bad decisions there are just decisions you make and every decision has weight and consequence to it that maybe you aren't completely aware of
0: absolutely yeah um part of part of making this game is that i think you can Make a credible argument for both sides of the of the discussion about you know is it more important you know when you when you're the the way I think about it is when you're 80 years old and you look back at your life you know what what will you want to be able to say about yourself you know what will you feel like you've accomplished and I think you know you can make a good argument for you know writing the great American novel or you know curing cancer or doing you know great works in terms of your career. And you can also look back and say, "Hey, I was, you know, I was a really good person. My family loved me. I was always there for the people uh, who who were around me, and I feel like I led a full life in that regard." And I don't, you know, it's something I struggle with because sometimes you have to make choices between those two things. You know, if you devote yourself to your career, you can get to a point where you're put prioritizing that against, you know, prioritizing that over other things that are important to you in your life, including your family. Um, and, and that can go the other way too. You can make sacrifices in your career to um, you know, maybe not move to a different town and take a certain job or whatever uh, to make sure that you're focusing on your family and, and supporting those around you. So I don't know the answer to what's most important between those. So the game, to me, is a way to explore that for each person. And as you go through the game and make these decisions, you just see the consequences. So there's no, there's no specific goal to the game. There's no... Um, you lose if his book isn't good, or you lose if he gets divorced, or you win if, you know, he wins, you know, father of the year at his son's school or whatever. Um, you simply play through and the story evolves from your decisions. And when you get to the end, it's like, well, here's what you've created. Uh, and to me, it's important to not editorialize, you know, so I just really try to create situations where there's, you know, each character has a, has a, believable and sympathetic desire in each each chapter and if you whatever you choose you get a logical response but it doesn't ever judge you and say oh you monster or you didn't get as many points this chapter because you were mean to your kid or, or whatever um, it really is almost like a I don't know it's, it's very agnostic because I want each player to just get their own meaning from it and not feel like I'm standing over their shoulder judging them because is- I, I don't know the answer to this question either like you know it's 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 as much an exploration for me as it is for anyone who plays it
1: is is any any of sort of the the stories or the elements of this or what you're sort of working out narratively is any of that autobiographical uh
0: yeah some some of it is um mostly through the mostly through the main character Dan um and it's funny cuz it didn't it didn't start out that way like i never i hope i never ever 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 create a game because i think my own life is terribly important or, or interesting <laughs> Um I, I really when I start I really backed into this central question in the game after um having a much larger, broader game that was so big that it really didn't have any kind of personal meaning. And you know, I, I kind of hit upon this career versus family, what's important in life thing. Um in a vacuum, and didn't really start to identify with it until I started having to write the game. Like after I had already made that choice, and I um, and I started having to write the game and give each character their own perspective, and I just realized it sort of naturally as someone who uh, is trying to um, you know make a game, which you know the writing the book in in, in the uh, in the in the game, him being a novelist, that's really just a metaphor for whatever your career is, um, and so. When I started having to write that perspective of do I focus on my work or do I focus on my family, I sort of naturally started to identify with that struggle. And so there's there's some of that in there for me, and and there's also just the the drive to try to do something um, that matters in terms of creative work. And so I've I've kind of injected that into um, some of Dan's perspective in the game as well. But uh, you know his his wife in the game is also a painter, and she's got her own creative pursuits and her own uh, goals there too. So. Some of it finds its way into uh, her writing as well, so it's not even that I identify with one character. It's just more that, as I had to really write scenarios about this uh struggle you know i, I just started finding things that um resonated with me pers- personally that I could put in the game
1: it It's interesting that you find yourself you know trying to explicitly not make this game about you, but then this seems like the the way to go about it right like, that seems like a much more organic way of like when it gets down to those details and you have to actually. Tell a story like the best ways to pull that is from from what you know. Totally, um, but you know, you didn't start at that place of man. I have such an interesting life. Let me try and impart <laughs> that to a game, uh, and instead, just you know, the, the things that come across as the most honest, you know, are tend to be the stuff that you can actually speak to.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And and on the flip side of that, um, you know, I'm married, but I don't have any kids, uh, and so. I, you know, pr- pretty specifically, cannot speak from experience about what it's like to be a parent. So I actually um, had to rely on my friends for that. Um, I, I put together like this big questionnaire uh, and send it to all my friends who have kids and just asked them all these like deep questions about how does it change your identity? Do you ever resent your kids for compromising your career? Would you do it again if you had the choice? Like you know, all these kind of like, <laughs> like, did, like were, person-
1: the, were the answers anonymous?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. They, I mean, they. Obviously, I'm not going to put anybody's name to what they said in the game, but no, my my friends were very, very honest, and it was really, really illuminating. And so, a lot of the stuff you see in the game about um, the parenthood side of things really comes from uh, what my my you know. And these are close friends; these aren't you know just like random people from you know places I used to work or whatever. These are people who you know trusted me enough to be honest with me, Um, and it, it was great. So. That's you know that's that's one example of something I didn't know that I had to rely on other people for and it, and it turned out great um, and I really am really thankful that my friends were honest about that.
1: So you've been working on this for uh, a couple of years now, or at least you left a couple of years ago to to go independent after right. working on on AAA stuff. Um, yeah. What what kind of like maybe walk me through a little bit of that? What originally. Ah, uh, drew you away from working on games like *Invisible War* and, and *BioShock 2*, and sort of these, you know, lengthy, multi-year, you know, tens right. of millions of dollar projects. Like, what what prompted that move away from it?
0: Um, it really was just at the last company, last couple of companies I was at. Um, I just hit points where I was really, really frustrated creatively, and I kind of, I guess, you know, start started to think of my career and my ability to, to make games in a more finite sense, as in I've only got so many years to do this. I'm, I'm only going to be able to make so many projects in my life. Um, and, and so I just started thinking like, wow, in the last year, I haven't done anything that I felt was important or that I, you know, really believed in or thought was going to be successful or whatever. And I really just got frustrated and felt like I, I wanted to just find any kind of scenario where I could get more back to just creating stuff that was important to me personally as opposed to um, it just being kind of a job. And so, you know, I, I, I left one job and went to another job um, and didn't find it there either. And so when I decided I wanted to leave, my last job was at LucasArts. Um, when I decided I wanted to leave there you know i looked around and said you know where in the area is is either hiring or making games that you know i believe in and i you know nothing really came up that's not to say there's nothing good in the bay area but you know sure. a lot of, there's a lot of, of circumstances about they might not have been hiring or um might not be hiring for a position that i you know was suitable for or whatever so it's certainly not like some hu- i'm not trying to cast aspersions at any developer in uh, san francisco but um
1: <laughs> i understand
0: <laughs> but but at that point you know my wife um, my wife works here and has a great job and so it wasn't necessarily Um, Easy for us to look at moving, so I said, "Well, what if I just did my own thing?" You know, it was never planned. It was never like a um, a long term goal for me to go indie. I'd never even really given it that much thought, but it just kind of, you know, by process of elimination, became the only way I could really be like, you know what? If I do this, I can work on whatever game I want and just completely follow my you know my my sort of creative desires without any concern about board meetings and stock prices and all you know all the stuff that you have to uh, worry about in AAA so um, I, you know, I kind of backed into it as well like I, I never was against going any but I never planned on it um, but luckily it's kind of funny actually um, my wife and I had started uh, seeing a financial advisor so we could get some advice on how to save money because we actually want to put some money away because she was going to leave her job and try to go independent and be a consultant so we'd actually fortuitously been saving money for a couple years with the intention of her quitting her job and going independent and then when when it got time for me to quit my job um, she ended up actually staying at the job she wanted and I was like well we got that money sitting there what if, you know, <laughs> what, what if we use it for me instead so uh, it was actually sort of supposed to be her little uh, independent nest egg and just as circumstances came about it ended up being there and I was like well how about I use it so it, it really was just yeah, it just came down to like I just wanted to get back to just working on something for the, the, the creative passion of it as opposed to you know all the, all the stuff that comes with AAA.
1: So, so once you leave, you sort of make the decision like maybe I can go down this path. You talk to your wife. You get the sign off. You can use the money to do this. Like, What is that first – it's probably not a day but that first couple of weeks when it's like, all right, I have this all in front of me. I can do whatever I want. Like, is there suddenly an existential crisis over how where you begin, or did you have sort of a sense of wh- what path you wanted to start going down? Uh, existential crisis is definitely descriptive. Um,
0: I, I when when I quit, I had no. I didn't quit to make this game. I this this game was not what I started working on. In fact, I just quit because I was like, I got to get. I just got to <laughs> get. I just got to get some headspace. It was more right. like. More, you know, getting out of one situation, it was more that than you know specifically going for this one. And I actually, when I quit, um, you know, one one thing I've seen a lot with a lot of my friends because, you know, a ton of people that I know um, in the last couple of years have quit AAA and done the same thing I'm doing. I've got a lot of friends who are doing stuff, and some of them it's not announced yet. And obviously, you probably saw the news the other day that um, Jordan Thomas, you know, is is ending now and. Um, I've got a ton of friends who have done this and one thing I've seen in myself and with other people is that if you're in a if you're in a situation that you're unhappy about long enough you get sort of broken in ways that you aren't even fully aware of and you can't even recognize it and identify it until you've been away from it for a while. So I, you know, all my friends who have quit since and I've said, "Look, don't don't quit and then start on the project that you believe most in because it's going to have almost like this um, this stink on it because of, because of the the mind state you're in. I was like you know try to wait a month or give it a little bit of time and just get away for a little bit, clear your head, and then come back to it fresh. And so when I quit, I had no idea what I was going to work on. I actually started building uh, a tablet game, like an uh, iPad little puzzle game thing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, and worked on that for like a month. And then after that, um, during that time, I got a contacted out of the blue to go do some, um, contracting and consulting on, uh, on Bioshock infinite. And so in January of last year, I went up and spent a month working on infinite. And during that month I I realized I just freaking hated the tablet game I was making. I was like, (laughs) I was like, I was like, this game is stupid. I don't know what it is. I don't give a crap about it. And it was like having that distance from it you know, by, by going and doing a little bit of work on the side, I was just like, God, I just hate that game. What am I going to do? So when I came back from, um, that month up in uh, Boston, I just scrapped that project and started this one. Um, and I basically had just, you know, like, like most people write, have like their big list of game ideas that they keep over time. Mm. And I just went back through that list and was like, which one of these am I going to make? Cause I got to do something that I'm a little bit more excited about. And, um, this, you know, the, the novelist ended up being the result. And even then it was a way, way different game when I started it than where I ended up. So, um, a lot of it was, yeah, just very, very organic and very, uh, I'd say probably emotional, you know, like, like I need to get out of this situation. Oh crap. I hate what I'm doing. Let me find something I believe in. And it was, it was a lot more emotional than intellectual, I would say.
1: Can can you say anything about with that original nugget of an idea that you pulled from the list was versus totally. what, what, what's, the sh- what, what's become now? Yeah, totally.
0: Um, the original idea was it was you playing a ghost in a house and sort of tinkering with the relationship. So like that very uh, kernel, the kernel of the idea was, was similar but the original premise was that um, it was like sort of this ancient mansion which of course is cliche and uh, there's like six or eight people in the house and they had just come from a funeral And it was sort of like the big chill, you know, except for with the ghost. Um, And they all had their separate backstories and they were coming to the house and you could manipulate the relationships a lot more. So you could like, you could make two people fall in love or you could make a couple break up or you could, you know, make people become friends and da-da-da-da-da. And you could actually create like this bigger, you know, much, much wider or broader palette of relationships. Um, And I had all that stuff working, but – it was like too big to the point that nothing meant anything. It was like, well, yeah, I guess these two people are friends because their relationship score just went to two. And, <laughs> you know, the player can see the number two. And I was like, that doesn't mean anything. It just, it was just like, yes, congratulations. I've made a game where you can click on people and change numbers. And it, it just, there was just nothing to it. So um, I basically. Just started brainstorming ways to try to whittle that down into a context that meant something, you know. And so, I realized there was like no way to convey the broad, you know, the 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 spectrum of emotions of eight people with different backgrounds who could have any kind of relationship. You you know, it it was almost like you know, exponential the amount of stuff you could do. And I guess I just realized like I need to shrink this down a ton and pick a series of predefined relationship types so that people have a context for what their choices actually mean so that you know that's that's why the family made so much sense because it's like you know everyone knows what a parent is everyone knows what a kid is everyone knows what a job is and so i don't have to give you a ton of detail about like why is this good or bad for a marriage because you're like yeah if you You know, don't pay attention to your spouse, and you know you're not there for them emotionally. People get like, yeah, that's bad. So I I don't have to explain much. So I can kind of like immediately start with that shared context, and then be able to go much deeper into it. So it really was just, yeah, that process of whittling it down from something that was so big that it had no meaning into something that was, you know, really, really tight and uh, had enough shared context that I don't have to spend all this time explaining what everything means, and you can kind of get, you know, get right into the thick of it. So. That's the. I guess I wasn't gonna say short version, but that was probably the long version of of how that one game, you know, became turned into this.
1: It, it seems like in some ways, like when you talk about the original premise, sort of like you know being in like an ancient mansion and having way more agency over sort of the individual relationships. Like in some ways, it, it seems like the game becomes more impactful by making it a little more mundane. Whereas like these smaller <laughs> decisions in life, which are the ones that. You know, like his game. You know, this constantly frustrates me in games. is like games try and create uh, emotion and impact through, you know, saving the universe and all these really grand things that none of us have any sort of context for because right. we're we're never going to experience those things. And those are wonderful and fun and exhilarating. But became because games and you know other mediums are guilty of this too. But games in particular, of course, um, just expose us to that over and over again. That it's really fascinating. The more it seems like games engage in the more mundane life decisions that actually all of us kind of think about or encounter or know someone. Um, those end up being way more personal than, mm-hmm. you know, left trigger, right trigger over like whether someone lives or dies. Cause that's, that's very, it's yeah. very unlikely that I'm going to encounter that. And it seems like you found that in a certain way by sort of getting a little more reductionist about uh, the approach to the player even being able to interact with these characters.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of it is is a response to just as a gamer, um, and maybe it's I don't know, getting older, or maybe it's just you know having seen the save the universe story so many times. But like, a lot of it is a response to that, where I realize like, you know, when I play one of these games, I'm not you know, I guess I shouldn't mention things, so sound like I'm making fun of them. But like when you know when you play one of the big games with these big epic stories about saving the universe or saving the world or stuff like that. It's like I realized that I have almost no emotional connection to it. Like, I'm playing it for other reasons. I'm playing it because the mechanics are good or because, you know, uh, it's a a cool open world to explore or whatever. But, you know, I never have any kind of emotional connection to it because I just can't identify with that at all. Whereas, you know, with smaller games like this or even something, I mean, you know, to me, one of the uh, most influential games... Um, in this regard, that I played is Passage, which is just dead simple and so minimalist, and yet a lot of that is what gives it its power. Um, because it, you know, it's just there's a couple choices in that game that are just devastating, you know. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's definitely a reaction to that and an attempt to try to do something that's smaller. And like so far in um, in play tests that I've done with friends and stuff, uh, it seems to be working. Like I've got, um, my favorite story is like, um, I think I have mentioned this in a couple interviews already, but like I've, I've got a friend who's got kids and uh, he was playtesting like a, a previous build. It was actually a while ago. It's actually a pretty out of date build at this point, but uh, he's playing it and he said that there was two separate occasions where he's playing and he got to a decision point and he was so... Torn up about what to do, that he had to put the game down and, and come back the next day because he's like, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it, I couldn't decide. And you know, and these these are decisions like, you know, do you go do a book signing or do you know that helps your career, or do you take your kid to the beach for the day? You know, like it's it's very much life stuff like that. And he was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't do it, man. He was like, I had to, I had to put, I had to put it down. I had to had to come back the next day. I just had to think about it. You know, I was like, wow, that's that's really cool that it is connecting with people on that level.
1: Do you, do you find? when you play test the game or when you watch others play the game that do you, do you find that people that self identify or that you would call gamers uh engage with it differently than people that don't necessarily self identify as gamers or or know how me- you know instantly can play a game and know how the mechanics work like right. do you find that people engage with the decisions or how they explore the environment any differently
0: um I haven't noticed a split down those lines particularly, um, partly because most of the people, like at this point, I've still, you know, not that many people have played the game. Like it's still been very much, um, you know, friends and family type stuff. Mm-hmm. And and most of those people are familiar with games. Um, I've actually had a couple people who aren't as familiar uh, with games who have played it. And, and you know, like the biggest thing they struggle with is like W-A- WASD, you know, mouse controls, because it's actually not terribly intuitive if you've never played a game that way. So um, the thing I found more is that uh, the dividing line isn't so much about the subject matter as it is about um, just the moment-to-moment mechanics of playing the game. It's like if you've never played this kind of game before, you might literally just have trouble moving the character around the house in the way that you want to. Um, So actually what I did after... um, after a couple rounds of, of playtests like that is um, I, had a, I had a cheat in the game just for you know debug purposes that makes the player invisible so that there's no stealth gameplay whatsoever. Um, it's just walk around the house and explore at your own pace and there's no pressure and it's very low-key. Um, and I ended up just taking that debug and just turning it into casual mode. So now whenever you start the game you can choose between normal or casual difficulty and if you pick casual it's like that's for people who have never played... Um, a game on a computer before, or not familiar with these controls, and don't want to have to think about oh my god they spotted me oh my god how would I get away now they're searching for me where do I go all these sort of you know things that I think that uh, gamers like us take for granted it's like well yeah of course yeah just break line of sight dude go hide and people are like I don't know what to do you know so uh, yeah that that that's probably the thing I notice most is just people struggling with the mechanics itself.
1: Are, are you um, putting this all together yourself? Or are you doing the? I know I know you said when we chatted at the at the the, the indie game day that you, you had done all the voices in a closet <laughs> earlier, yes. earlier that day. Um, yes. But are, are you doing everything yourself?
0: Um, the, yes, other than the art. The artwork is all created um, by my friend Sergio's company. They're called CG Bot and uh, he's, a, he's a buddy of mine from back when we used to work at IronStorm and he also worked at Midway. Uh, and After Midway imploded, uh, he, he, we went our separate ways but he started his own art outsourcing company. Uh, it's pretty cool. He's uh, he's Mexican. He lives in uh, Austin, and he started a company uh, down in Monterey, Mexico. So it's like a um, art out, you know, a, a sort of quote unquote offshore outsourcing company, except for um, it's in Mexico, which is cool because um, a lot of times these companies are in China, and so it can. Uh, be difficult just time zone wise to try to get on the same page and like actually be working at the same time as the people who are uh, you know helping out with art Um, that was a challenge we had Um, at Midway we had you know Shanghai office and stuff like that so he's got an outsourcing company in Mexico that has done all the art for the game Um, and that's you know been really awesome and you know I'm super happy to have been able to work with them but yeah the rest of it is all is all stuff I did Um, I mean I'm using Unity it's not like I rolled my own engine um, but yeah, all the gameplay and the writing and the music and recording of the voice and all that stuff is on me. Yeah.
1: Is that the plan to, to keep all that stuff, like all you from now until, to ship, are you, are you hoping to bring other stuff in as, as you go along?
0: Well, um, all the voice acting will be, I mean like the, the, the kid and the wife have already, I've already recorded them. Um, and that's just. Uh, you know, the the wife is a friend of mine's wife and the kid is a kid who um, a friend of mine knows. And I'm still trying to find a voice actor for the dad. Um, but yeah, other than that, yeah, I'm just doing it all myself. Um, and it, and that was not anything that was like intentionally planned. Um, again, as with almost everything here, it all just was a thing of circumstance and just like how do I go forward from what I've got. Um, when, when I quit, I was actually talking to a buddy of mine. Uh, who's an artist, and we were thinking about, you know, trying to start something up together. But he just wasn't in a place financially where he could, uh, you know, just drop the steady paycheck. Um, and so that didn't didn't end up working out. And I really didn't have any friends at the time who were um, in that same place, just practically in terms of being able to just drop everything and do a startup. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just have to do it all myself then. But it it was never like an intentional thing of like, well, you know, if you want to do something right, you gotta, do, you know, you do it yourself. Or it, it was none it was none of that. It was just all. <laughs> right. It was all circumstances like I um, it's actually been really hard working alone so much. Um, and I you know, if, if I'm lucky enough to make another indie game, if this if this thing doesn't tank um, and I get to make another one, I definitely want to look at ways to, you know, work with other people in some capacity. Uh, but yeah, I it just it's it, again, it was really just circumstance more than anything this time.
1: What were was your previous discipline like? Purely just design side, as opposed to like getting into messing around with like engine design and, and programming. Yeah,
0: I I've, I'm a systems designer by trade, so I've I've always been more of like a gameplay designer kind of guy. Like I'm not even uh, I'm not a great level designer. I, you know, writing is is a challenge for me. So like even some of the things within design are not my natural uh, my natural tendency. Um, systems design is definitely the thing that I'm strongest at. Uh, so there's been a ton of stuff on this project that's been the first time I've done this that or the other you know. Uh, so it's it, that's it's been a challenge but it's also been really cool because I can you know I you know it's, it's nice to know how every every single thing in your game works because I'm like oh yeah I made that so I know exactly how that system works. So um, you know it's 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 been a growing process but it's definitely been a challenge too.
1: How do you handle cuz I hear this from a lot of um especially triple a developers that go independent and especially even the smaller category of someone like yourself, who who goes kind of and does it alone, um, the challenge of like when you start, you know, the nice part about you know one of the few perks of working on, on those bigger projects is you have producers, you have people that kind of draw lines of the sand, and eventually things have to move on and hopefully ship. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas that's kind of all your call um, on this right. project. So, how have you struggled with that at all, or is it like still early enough? It hasn't been four years working on the same game that you that you feel comfortable with where you're at, uh, or have you given any thought to at the point where you kind of have to start saying, well, you know, if I want to actually get this out, make this a thing, I need to start making some calls. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that's yeah. That's that's definitely a good question, um, and I think it's something that is a lot easier for me, having spent. The ten years in the industry, or eleven year, however long it is at this point. God, I'm old. Um, But having having spent you know over a decade in AAA, I just sort of naturally, whenever I think of anything, you know, how many chapters need to be in the game? What about this feature? What are the implications of that? Like, you basically, it just becomes part of your DNA to think three steps down the road and say, well, if I put in this feature. Oh, all of a sudden, that means that I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna have to do voice for it, so I'm gonna have to add those lines. Okay, cool. Oh, and then that's gonna be two new animations, and it's gonna be you know da 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 da. -da, And you start to think down the line, and it just is kind of a second nature thing. So I haven't really had a problem um, with blowing my scope or biting off more than I can chew in terms of a a specific feature, just because um, you know there's there's always the real life pressure of you know the money doesn't last forever. So, you know, I've, I've, I've got to, you know, I've, I've got to just try to finish as fast as I can to, uh, you know, get some money coming back in because at this point I'm pretty much just a total dead weight financially. <laughs> um, and then, so, so, so part of it is that. And part of it is um, once you've made a bunch of games, you realize that, like, finishing is the hardest part. Um, it's very, very easy to get a you know, a little bit of a prototype or a little bit of a hacky thing together that kind of shows the game, but like shipping something is incredibly difficult and it's something you don't really appreciate until you've done it a bunch. I think, um, I
1: think what is the, like the phrasing, like the it's what, 95% of the way there is the easiest part. It's the last 5% that takes forever.
0: Oh, no, my, I mean, my, my saying is, my favorite saying is, uh, once you finish the first 90%, all that's left is the last 90%. <laughs> like I, that's, that, that's, yeah,
1: I feel like both are, both are uh, trying to describe the same thing. Yeah
0: absolutely i mean like that's where i am right now like you you know i mean you played the game like it it seems pretty polished and the features work and there's no glaring bugs and da 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 but like it's like you know it took me a week and a half to put in a menu system for adjusting the you know volume sliders and you know stuff like that it's like like there's all this um crap that goes around it that's like work you just have to do and testing save load and you know, the, the the line between, oh, yeah, it mostly works, and oh, if, you know, 10,000 people play this, no one will hit a plot-stopping bug, you know, like, there's there's just so much stuff that um, goes into shutting a game down that uh, I, I think mostly it's just, yeah, the experience um, from AAA has been good there, because I'm always skeptical of stuff, um, and, you know, I, uh, I actually have, like, a regularly scheduled um, video chat I do with a couple other independent friends who are also making their own games, sure. and... I'm I'm the one in the group who frequently like, basically plays producer and says like, dude, that feature sounds cool, but have you thought about this, this, and this? Because that's going to blow your scope in this way. So it's like, oh, it's almost like my natural inclination to be skeptical and uh, cautious when it comes to, you know, stuff that could jeopardize the timeline of a project. So.
1: So what's the what's the the next step for you? What are you are are you talking all about like when what you're aiming for in terms of trying to to finish the game up, or what what does the next couple of months look like for you in the game?
0: Yeah, it's really just trying to finish. Um, like I've got to I'm I'm implementing uh, the final four chapters of the game right now. Um, I want to bring it up to nine total chapters. Uh, so I'm implementing that. i I'm, I've got to do the intro and the outro. To the game, um, I've got some basic training in there, but I want to improve that so that it's a little bit more natural. Instead of just you know, blasting a prompt up on the screen, um, you know, there's some art tweaks I want to get in. Um, I've still got to record uh, the the um, dad's VO. You know, it's it's a lot of stuff like that, but it's definitely it's definitely aimed at um, closing things down. You know, I'll probably put in a couple more minor features to, to sort of flesh things out and add some variation to the game because, you know, it's the, the whole game takes place in one house, and so I've, I've got to think of all the different ways I can keep that seeming a little bit fresh, and so, um, you know, there's different times of day in the game, and, you know, I'm maybe playing with some ideas about opening and closing different parts of the house at different times, and you're just like little stuff like that to try to keep it alive. So it's really a, a combination of some final last features like that and then just, Finishing the
1: main stuff that you just have to do to finish a game. Cool. Well, Ken, I appreciate you taking, taking some time to chat with me about the game today.
0: Oh, no problem, man. It was awesome.
1: fun. To do. Cool, man. All right, well, uh, we'll take care, and thanks again. Yeah, no
0: problem.